Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 15th of November 2021. Contract highs on absolutely everything. So, all right, technically it didn't quite trade at 231 on the May wheat futures yesterday, but it's looking pretty steamy this morning. Not many offers about. And as I actually record, the November new crop is bid 100 times at 196 and the closest offer, someone's just put an offer in there very kindly for 100 lots at 220. So it's a £24 apart market. I guess with COP26 going on, there's a relentless, never-ending story of bullishness, isn't there? You know, you have the politicians telling us all how they're pledging to do this, that and the other, and how difficult it is to get consensus. And then you've got climate activists on, because they're always good for a bit of TV, and they're telling you about all the terrible disasters that are occurring in the world, which are quite true, I'm certain, and the extra size of the deserts and the water to washing the land away and the various famines and rivers running dry and such like. And with that continuous weather story thing, bearing in mind our sensitivity to it, kind of makes you feel bullish continuously, doesn't it? So maybe when the COP conference stopped and, you know, whatever shouting is going on after that, then I think maybe with it being off the news quite so prevalently, I think maybe we'll get back to arguing about the Conservative Party or something. The mood, will people look out the window again and say, well, actually, my crop looks rather well, I ought to sell a bit. I don't know. I watched the news last night. And yeah, it was weather, 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 which kind of, crikes, I need to buy in my hedge and just be flat long and make my fortune. And yeah, as for farmers, I was speaking to a younger farmer today. I said, do you watch the news? And he said, no, (laughs) only old people do that. So fair play. But he, you know, quite rightly, you read the news periodically and it's very prominent even for them, the COP26 and the implications of it. So kind of that is a sentiment thing in the back of your head and how much influence is that having? I don't know. But the rest of the market is just bullish, bullish and bullish. And I don't see it solving itself at the moment. We're working really hard to move the contracts that we've got bought already. November is a very big month. There's lots of grain in that month. There is a shortage of lorries and there's some contracts that are £60 wrong, if you like. You know, we've got purchases and sales. I've got some sales of feed wheat into Norfolk Homes at 149.50 a tonne delivered. I've got to supply that wheat and the current traded value of the same stuff is about 223. So it's ugly, but you know, I'm obliged to supply it. I will supply it. My farmers are obliged to supply theirs, but if I don't turn up on time, contractually, can they turn around and say, oh, you didn't turn up on time? Which, obviously, I'm nervous about. We're trying very hard to make sure that opportunity doesn't arise for someone who kind of thinks that way around. But, yeah, it's a very nervy time for all of us. And if you haven't got a strong relationship with your farmer, I'm quite certain that uh, there'll be some bosses somewhere up the tree that will get very cross. If grain isn't moved against a cheap contract, a farmer cries, default, you can't have it. We shall watch with interest and hopefully not be caught by it. 
Anyway, with that sort of miserable little niggle in mind, where do we put prices at the moment? Or more importantly, why is the market at contract highs? Well, the USDA had a report this week which sort of lowered the yields a bit. It didn't really affect year-end stocks. But lower yields means there was less, and the underlying judgment on whether a USDA report is bullish or bearish is the market that follows it. And it kind of tried a little tap in each direction, but underlyingly, the market is higher across the board since Tuesday. So the litmus test is it is a bullish market. Russia have announced they're going to extend their export tax, which means they won't be on the pitch supplying wheat to the world cheaply. And they've increased their internal prices, so the farmers are not kind of missing out internally quite so much by an increase from the government for the grain that they're selling. Australia has started its harvest, the early reports are. There's a bit of rain in a place or two, but largely it's coming through okay. The yields are okay. Early days, but there will be a surplus in Australia that will come onto the pitch, everyone's anticipating. But underlyingly, yeah, bullish across the board, lack of sellers and technical issues with moving stuff anyway. So if we look at prices for cereals, feed barley's £200 a tonne. Yeah, you can get that for the new year standing on your head, ex-farm. People are short for boats, they're paying that probably pre-Christmas, so 200 for, for feed barley. Amazing. Malting barley, the perfect stuff, I don't know, 250, 255x maybe for absolutely immaculate distilling barley to someone who's short somewhere into a difficult home, and boy oh boy are there some difficult homes. The word delusional springs to mind with one or two intake points on malting barley, because if you get rejected in one place, you take it to another and it gets tipped. So very bullish barley market. Feed wheat, 223 is spot delivery value. There's not much November really being bought. There's a couple of boats short at the moment in Norfolk, Stroke Suffolk, which is kind of needing to get logistics, which is why they have to pay a bit more money. But if you take that against the current futures trading value of 229 on the May futures, it is the correct carry. It's £6 discount, so you're technically buying it at futures price if you pay 223 So it is market value. Yeah, rolls off the tongue, 223, doesn't it? <sighs> yeah, not enough. <laughs> Milling wheat, £30 premium. Again, if you've got a parcel of good, full-spec, class one milling wheat, and you've got good storage behind you, you're in no hurry to do anything about it. I mean, certainly the millers need to have milling wheat to keep their mills running. They've got a supply at the moment. At some point, you're going to have to trade it. I don't see any point in everybody hanging on to everything until May next year and try and sell it at the absolute zenith. If you can make, I don't know, 260 of some milling wheat or 250, whatever, delivered, you know, take it. Well, I don't know, unless you're waiting for 300 or something, then wait for 300. It might never come. It might turn up. You're in a very, very strong position and you've already gained lots of benefit from your strong position. At this precise second, I cannot see the thing that knocks the market down. Isn't that the fact that when you have the market at its peak, you can't actually see the bus that's going to knock you over, if you like. You can't see that thing that knocks it and the sentiment changes. But right now, it just keeps in this mood and it is at contract highs. So ex-farm feed wheat is going to be 214, 215, something like that for NOV, plus a pound a month. So yeah, you're going through well into the 220s as you get to April, May, June, and possibly, probably more to come oilseed rape well it's almost like the last couple of months of last year when i was saying well if you have any just wave it at us because you know nobody's trading it everyone's talking about prices going up and up and up we report a price one week and then the next week farmers weekly podcast reports the price that we quoted that it was going to be so i think 575 
if you've got some and you know, you're hawking it around, phone us up and say, look, I've got five loads I can do in X month. You know, give us plenty of months' notice because haulage is an issue. You know, let's, let's move on to one final point about the haulage. Destinations are beginning to pay the price for awkwardness. You have some places that are very user-friendly and they have a very receptive staff who have a consciousness about people coming onto their site and the pressing need for them to get onto the next job and get onto the next job. In other words, they're aware of other people's needs. You have some intake sites that, oh, I'll uh, I'll see you in a minute, mate, hang on. And they'll have a little chat with their mates. And then it's, oh, we have coffee break now. Hang on, you have coffee break? Yep, we all go and have a coffee. Everyone's loaded of coffee. So they'll sit down for 20 minutes, have a little chat about stuff, and then start things up again. That is so 1973. You know, you need to wake up, split your coffee breaks, don't have one. Make sure that if a lorry turns up, get him on the way bridge, spear it, test it, get him straight to the pit in case he's going to be tipped because you think he might be. And the minute you get the thumbs up, you know, open the slide and let the stuff roll. And then as soon as he's finished, get him off the pit as quick as you possibly can and get him out and next one on, next one on. The attitude of intake points is having a massive influence on pricing into the mill. You know, if the person buying the grain has absolutely got no influence whatsoever over the intake person who can be lovely or can be a complete dick, they need to be able to get in and say, look, unless you actually start being a nice, receptive, kind, generous I'll do anything for you to get you off the site as quickly as possible person, you're going to end up with people saying, I can't deliver grain to you. That won't affect the intake guy much because he'll have less to do, which is fine. That's sort of self-fulfilling happiness. But business has got to sort out niggly little knots like that out because it's just not real that you should allow anyone in your business to undermine what price you pay for the grain. And there are, as I say, intake points that we've been quoting for some grain to various sites and we increase the price to some of the mills that are unbelievably awkward. And that's it, full stop. It's a price penalty to your company if you don't sort out the attitude of your intake. And that is a simple little helpful message from a merchant saying, you know, beware, these guys have a big impact on what you end up paying for grain. Anyway, with that sort of, you know, whingy merchant issue about intake points that aren't very nice... I think I'll sign off with a haulier appeal. If there's anybody who listens to that, who's got a lorry or an HGV driver, phone doing grain and sod the rest of them. We really need lorry drivers or we need lorries because we've got jobs that we can't meet at the moment and we need you. So uh, don't be shy. Phone us up. We need you. A little advert there. This week, I've got with me Lana Head from the AHDB. She's here to talk about opportunities and, more importantly, not missing out for farmers. So enjoy. It's very nice to have someone offering a free service that's going to benefit farmers. So enjoy. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Are you an experienced bookkeeper looking for a new opportunity? Dew and Grain have a full-time position available at their head office in Aylsham, Norfolk. If you would like to be considered, send your CV to tessa at dewinggrain.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. If you're searching for Christmas gift ideas, then look no further. We're Crush, artisanal makers of yummy stuff in the heart of the Norfolk countryside. From oils to sauces, cereals to teas and chutneys to honeys, we have something for everyone. Our bespoke hampers make a great gift and are perfect for festive feasting or your hard-to-buy Aunt Jackie. To shop online, visit us at www.crush-foods.com or find our products in all good independent retailers. Shop local and save food miles with Crush Food. This week, I've got with me Lana Head from the AHDB. Good afternoon, Lana. Hello. 
she's come here to talk to us about the AHDB Farm Business Review Service. So the objective of what you coming to tell me about this is we want farmers to not miss out at all on any of the potential income in the future could be theirs by being more efficient by you know applying for the right subsidies. Is that a fair summary? Well, yeah, I think it is. You probably know that within the next six years, basic payment scheme going to go completely. Yeah, I had heard a rumour of that, yes. Yeah, and lots of farmers at the moment, they're making a losses, take out basic payment scheme from equation. Yeah. So what we're trying to do to make them aware is the first and offer them help. Mm -hmm. you know, with our online tools, what they can find on our website, and also we're offering free half a day of consultancy. We had a little chat before the microphones went on, and that actually is not being funded by the levy, is it? That's actually the taxpayer paying for that. So it is genuinely an opportunity to get even a consultant out for free to go through the dynamics of your farm, if you wish. Well, yes, because it's been funded by DEFRA's Resilience Fund, and so, like I said, part of this project, we offer completely free half a day consultant and it's up to farmer where he wants to take this conversation with a mm-hmm. consultant. You know, they can look at different areas, how this basic payment scheme going to affect them mm-hmm. or their particular business, or are they ready for future, how resilience is in business. And also they can work out some industry-developed KPIs which will help them to understand where is the weaker and where is the stronger areas of their business. My first reaction to that is, obviously, farmers have a tremendous pride in what they do, and, of course, they know everything about their farm. You know, you've got to break down that pride aspect to a degree I mean farmers admitting that they should know how their land works you know better than anybody else what do you look at how your machinery works tell me how can you break down that barrier well first of all we're not trying to teach your farmers how to do them job no. how to farm them land or raise a sheep or a beef or whatever what we're trying to do is give independent opinion not even opinion help in more accounts and finance and business aspect of this because Clearly, if there is basic payment scheme, you know, been helping them. So there must be some weaker areas in the business. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do to show them and show solutions for that. But we're not going to try to teach them how to do them job. No, I'm (laughs) certain that would go down quite badly. You know, I'm making the point before someone switches off, you know, we've got to make sure that they keep listening. So how does it work? You go to the farm, do you give them something to fill in or how do you start on this process? So we're starting by registering. Mm -hmm. So they can find the link on our age. HDB website or go to stride to farmbusinessreview.org.uk website mm-hmm. where there are going to be simple button which you need to click and it's register or sign in and to sign in they will need only email address and SPI number so every farmer who claims a subsidy mm-hmm. is supposed to have this SPI number mm-hmm. and it will take them through a couple of questions like a name address and all of these things which is every farmer knows yeah, yeah. And most register- of them know where they live yeah. <laughs> unless it's late on a Saturday night and they're drunk yeah <laughs> and it will take them straight to our tools so there is three tools available where they can do in their own time just put few numbers you know like basic payment scheme calculator mm-hmm. they'll put in a number what they're getting from a scheme a mm-hmm. year and it will show them how gradually it's going to be reduced within the next six years do you think they must have looked at that mustn't they they must have gone how much less am i going to get would be the first step if you're aware what is happening. So you think potentially there are some people out there who haven't genuinely researched that they're not aware, you think? I do believe. Okay, well, so if there is anyone that just kind of has been putting off the fateful day of finding out that terrible news, this would be a great moment to start, wouldn't it? Because understanding the dynamic of the problem in front of you is at least you can consider it consciously, understand the dynamic of what you've got about to face. Well, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And just 
to admitting, you know, having a look and admitting that there is might be a problem. It's mm. already half a problem solved. I'll take your word for that one. So they get through the process of registering, and does someone instantly come out and go through the thing with them, or is there a form to fill in, or how does it work? So once they just register straight away, it's going to our bureau, who going to match them to a consultant. So we will send the consultant to the farm. Okay, where do you find your consultants? All our consultants going to be a local consultancy firms mm -hmm. who probably farmers already know or at some point in life they already dealt with them mm -hmm. so we especially was looking for people who farmers would trust you know mm -hmm. who they know and we thought it's going to be easy dialogue between mm -hmm. a farmer and a consultant okay so i mean assuming the farmer likes the look of the consultant and they know that he's coming out for free that has effectively been paid for by this taxpayer's fund isn't it yes and was it the resilience yes it's a defra's resilience fund okay so that in itself is a benefit it's free it's a chance to sit there and actually analyze it with an expert and secretly the two of you go through what the miseries of how you're doing it right or wrong or did you get a tick box saying actually you're perfect you don't need any help how does it work no nobody gonna say are you doing something right or wrong they're just gonna give overview of your account so they're gonna look with you for or with the farmers for the numbers mm -hmm. and see ways the issues you know or sometime like mm -hmm. well there is an example you know which I heard from a farmer mm -hmm. when there was a sugar beet as a part of rotation mm -hmm. but when they work out this sugar beet wasn't profitable at all it was actually making them losses mm -hmm. so it's not going to take much to change this for some other crop which would possibly do some profits for them you know so a little tweaks in the business so you don't have to change and probably most of the things they're already doing it just have to be more recorded to defend sugar beet I suppose if you've got all of the equipment and everything there in place and it is part of a rotation you know maybe there's a reason to lose some money on sugar beet to get a better following crop that Lana is me being really nice about a subject that I'm dubious about you know sugar beet largely in a year like this has come out of the ground really well and the wheat that follows it has gone into great conditions but last two years previously the land following sugar beet was in an awful condition so it wasn't just the sugar beet that lost money it was the following crops that also lost money it doesn't really cover enough ground to make a big profit sugar beet anymore well, yes, and like I say, it could be just a little changes, mm. you know, which probably farmer wouldn't even think about because they've been doing this from generation to generation and it's been part of rotation for decades. But, you know, there is little things. It doesn't have to be big changes, you know, to make your business more profitable. Or also, like, there is coming new schemes instead of this basic payment scheme, which is environmental or soil improvement. So, again, with uh, some special crops, I'm not sure what is now, but there will be able to improve quality of the soil and mm -hmm. they will be able to take part in this new scheme. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our farmers will be on this very, very aware. And, you know, we've got guys who are heavily inspecting their data and every movement on the farm. The more efficient, bigger types of genuinely grasped data analysis and gone, yeah, we need to nail everything down. We're aiming at the guys who aren't in that position, aren't we? We're aiming at people who might just slip the net or are going to miss out on something that could really be theirs. Well, yes, I absolutely agree with this because usually bigger active farms have got a team of people and probably onboard consultant who helps and keep on a close eye on yeah. this. But some smaller guys, you know, who just trying to make a living, I think this one who's going to be most affected by loss of basic payment scheme. And I would say this scheme available to everyone, mm -hmm. but I suppose most vulnerable would benefit. Yeah, I'm all for it. If we can get just one person through the door mm -hmm. and they get an improvement, that's an achievement, isn't it? The, we've achieved something with our podcast. It's really their 
should be from our listeners, you know, 10 or 20 people who at least should address this issue, I think. We're very aware of the miseries of a falling subsidy and we're very pleased to see cereal prices are going up. In a few years' time, cereal prices might be completely on the floor and whatever's going on in the subsidised world might be the best option and we might not have a job the following year. The point is from our farmer customer is they need to be aware, don't they? They need to know every potential best outcome for them and that's kind of what we're trying to achieve. Isn't yeah, it? I think you're absolutely right and not just aware, I try to make small changes mm-hmm. because instead of basic payment schemes there are other schemes come in which is a lot of farmers would benefit from that schemes as well. Mm. It's more environmental than basic payment scheme but then early they will start to prepare then more they're going to be ready when this scheme is going to be launched so getting into the detail but just as an example we were talking pre the mics going on you said that you looked at machinery maintenance and you get a score out one to five or you look at liters of fuel per hectare is that just not just a benchmarking thing this is actually our online tools. Okay. You don't even need to subscribe completely for the consultancy just to get uh, access to this online okay. tools. So we developed three tools. One of them is a basic payment scheme, impact calculator. Impact calculator, okay. Yes, so right. this will show farmers exact amount which is going to be deducted from the basic payment scheme. So okay. second tool, it's called business resilience assessment. So it will show to farmers how fit is the business for the future. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take them for the 20 questions Mm -hmm. very easy very simple they need to just assess on a scale from one to five to see how much they're keeping on top of them expenditure machinery Mm -hmm. budgeting and all of that and last tool it's a kpi express calculator there is different series of kpis especially developed for different sectors which help farmers to compare themselves to the national standards. Not every farmer will understand what KPI is. A KPI is key... Performance indicator. Thank you. (laughs) Just in case someone out there doesn't remember what that is. Those are things that, you know, some old boy from Norfolk is going to go, key, key personal indicator, what's that? (laughs) These our tools will just show farmer kind of where they stand within industry, you Mm -hmm. know, how well they're performing. Even some of the tools will enable them to compare them farm to other farms in the area, similar farms. Without everyone seeing their data, their civil secrets. Yes, so it's all very confidential. And the ones who get the opportunity for the consultant are the ones who are the lowest scoring. Is that the way it works or does everybody get opportunity? Everybody gets an opportunity to meet a consultant, but there is a second part of this project. So based on the first initial consultation with a consultant, there mm-hmm. is a further businesses going to be identified who is in greater need. Mm-hmm. So like you say, this guys on the background, you know, so who is more vulnerable and probably not going to survive through the changes. For these guys, it's going to be offer further support. Okay. Another day with a financial consultant to go through the three different areas. One of them, it's a, like a full cost control. So a farm benching, you know, when they will be going through the accounts and look for a weaker and more stronger area and compare themselves with the other farms. Another one, it's an in-depth review of accounts. Mm-hmm. And the last one, it's a carbon footprint audit. It's a new thing, you know, and a hot topic at the moment. Mm-hmm. And again, this carbon footprint audit will help them to prepare for the new environmental schemes. Okay, I mean, the carbon footprint audit has elements of 
it's going to change as we go down the line, isn't it? No one really is aware of what all of that means. If you look five years down the line, there's going to be some calculations done in between now and then which possibly changes people's attitudes to plants, crops, rotations. Well, yes, I think you're absolutely right, but at least we're trying to encourage people to use less fertilizer or more environmental-friendly fertilizer mm. and see, actually, money you're spending on a fertilizer. Are you returning this from your yield? So it needs to be a balance, you know, so if you put in more, you know, how much more you get in to cover this cost. The reason, you know, you came to see me to talk about this, so I'd mention it to farmers, and I think I concluded the best way to get that message out there without me confusing the message is to ask you the question and put it on a podcast. So I really appreciate you doing that. That's very kind of you on the spot to have to do this. I hope you didn't mind. No, I didn't mind. No, of course I didn't. <laughs> I think we've achieved the goal on letting people know about the product, haven't we? So hopefully they're going to contact you or AHDB on the website. Hopefully, yes. So there is a link on our AHDB website, Defra Resilience Fund, or they can go straight to our Farm Business Review website, or they can just email us if they've got any questions. Okay, well, I'm relying on you lot out there. You're going to go back, get onto Lana or get onto that website and register. And don't be afraid. It's all secret and you might get a free consultant. Now, just before you go, Lana, what is your job with AHDB? I'm a relationship manager and I'm covering East Anglia. Okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean we have a relationship, Lana? I'm trying to build a relationship, work relationship with the industry stakeholders and with the farmers and to be a first point of contact if they've got any problem. So if someone wanted to utilise some of the levy that they pay every year to the HDB, you'd be the girl to come to? Well, I believe so. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure if I will be able to help there on a spot, but I'll try my best. You are the contact, aren't you? Yes, Historically, you were in the potato sector? Yes, I was. I was doing direct research for HDB for potato sector. And then the HDB potato sector kicked you into touch and went, we don't want that anymore, <laughs> didn't they? Let's be brutal. Well, uh, no, I would say that just because of a ballad, so HDB doesn't have a potato anymore. Luckily, the cereal sector's happy to pick up the tab, isn't it? And you stuck with them despite it all. I'm <laughs> trying to do my best. You've managed to get an appointment in here and we've managed to do a podcast, so, you know, fame is yours now. <laughs> You'll have to look on the HDB website for what Lana looks like because she's having a bad hair day she told me and I can't take her photo (laughs) charming (laughs) I hope you do enjoy coming out and seeing Norfolk farmers you know why I absolutely love it because you know how to approach people and actually I love to speak to people face to face because after all this pandemic you know and looking through the screen on the world you know it doesn't do any good so I absolutely love to get out and have a nice good chat (laughs) So we've ticked all the boxes for you today, haven't we? Yeah, Uh, or most of them. (laughs) (laughs) Right, with that happy thought, I'm going to say thank you for listening. And Lana, thank you very much for coming across to Elsham today. Well, thank you for having me. Have a lovely week and we look forward to being back next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released. And follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.